Today's reading is Psalm 3. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again, because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder, do you ever find yourself replaying old conversations in your head? If you're anything like me, it most often happens when you're in bed about to go to sleep and you just start analysing over and over and over again these conversations, wondering where it seemed that you went wrong, wondering why you said what you said, wondering why you didn't act differently in that moment, wondering why they said what they said and why it seemed to hurt so much. For me, this often leaves me feeling afraid of ever speaking to people again. And when I do, I just find myself looking out for those moments where I stuff up the conversation again, like I always do. This is living in fear. Fear of what has been and what might be. And today we'll see that God is the deliverer from all fear to praise. Uh, If you'd like to connect with us, you can connect with us at any point or send us a message um, or question via the text line. And if you've joined us for the first time today, we're in a series uh, called God Is, where we're looking at the Psalms to see what they tell us about who God is. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 3 today, and we're going to do it in three parts. Part one, they said. Part two, he said. And part three, how we know it better. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump straight into it. So let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be good and pleasing in your sight. Amen. Part one. They said, How many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying, God will not deliver him. One of the first things that I noticed, and maybe you noticed it too, is that repeated word, many. How many are my foes? Many rise up against me. Many are saying, For me, this gives rise in my imagination of a large group of people surrounding just one person, thousands upon thousands of enemies with their shields and short swords against just the one man in the psalm. The image that comes to mind particularly viscerally is that image from the end of the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king, where Aragorn has his little army and they're at the Black Gate and the hordes of Mordor come out and surround them. It just seems like there's no possible way that Aragorn can win. And I think it's the same kind of image that we're getting here. There are many, many, many enemies surrounding the psalmist David, and it just feels like there is no possible way he can win. But the question is, what are they saying? Well, look with me at verse 2b. They say to David, God is not with him. 
God is not with him. This is what they say, God is not with him. Now we are told in the superscription, that's the bit before verse 1, and it is actually part of the psalm, that this psalm is written by David when he fled from his son Absalom. You can read about that story in 2 Samuel 15 to 18. And this is David. He's the promised king, the one who is a man after God's own heart, we are told. The one who God has helped from the beginning, has helped David defeat his enemies time and time again. But they, the many, many enemies and foes, are forcing David to wonder if God will deliver him. They're saying to David, your God will not deliver you. You're alone. You cannot possibly win. They are scoffing and mocking at David's trust and faith in the Lord. It seems ridiculous to the many, many foes and enemies mentioned in the psalm that God will deliver David. I was reading the Ataman Gazette the other day. It's a local publication in Ataman. And I was reading this article from a long-time Ataminian. Um, she had lived in the area for a long time. I think she'd helped found the Gazette, the publication, and she was writing this issue, um, this article, as her kind of farewell speech to Ataman. And she wanted to encourage everyone living in Ataman to remember one thing, and it was this. Ataman, Ataman is one story. Not a story like you read in a book, but number of levels in a house. It's one story. I couldn't believe it. I live in a three-story apartment building. There are several other multi-story apartment buildings around me. And yeah, okay, I live on the apartment side, but even on the other side of the tracks, the older side of the tracks, there's many, many double-story houses. I was like, what do you mean a tarman is just one story? And actually, this line, a tarman is one story, made me feel like I didn't belong anymore. Like when I go down to the shops, the shopkeepers will know me for not being a true Artarminian because I live in a three-story apartment building. And it's the voice of one woman, one person's opinion about me, but that one person's opinion has become the voice of the masses. I wonder what it is for you. Maybe it was a work, colleague there, new, something on the news, on school, social media, that has just stuck in your mind. And you know it's just one person's opinion about you or what you think, but somehow it becomes what everyone thinks. That's what the faceless they know about you. And I think David might be experiencing the same kind of thing here. He's experiencing the they, the many that are mocking and scorning him about his trust and faith in God. They're trying to get him to doubt if God will actually deliver him. I think we can relate all of us at some point have faced or are going to face the question from others, your God can't actually deliver you, right? David the psalmist is faced with the fear that God might not deliver him this time because many are telling him God will not deliver you. But how does God deliver David from this mocking? And this brings us to point two. He said, like David in Psalm 3, something that we read or hear from others is going to make us doubt whether God will deliver us. And when we are faced with this question of God will not deliver you, I think that we can respond in two ways. We either respond in despair or we try and fix it ourselves. 
And the psalmist, David, he could have done either of these things. He could have tried, he could have given in to his despair, or he could have tried to fix it himself. But rather, he speaks truth. And often when I hear the word speaking truth, I often think about those conversations that go a bit little like, now, Mr. Krebs, I have something very important to tell you about who you are and yourself. And it just leaves me feeling icky and sticky and afraid of what they're going to reveal about me. It's uncomfortable. But that's not the kind of truth that the psalmist speaks here. The truth that he speaks is warm. It's gentle. It's loving. He speaks truth to himself. And we know this because if we look at verse 4, it says, I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy hill. The Lord answers David from his holy hill. And the holy hill probably in David's time wouldn't have been Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. That's, David's a bit too early for that. But it probably would have referred to somewhere like Mount Zion, Sinai, rather, where the law was given to the Israelite people. And so as David is answered from God's word, David can see and remind himself of who God is in the scriptures, the Bible, and how God deeply cares for his people. But he can also see it in the way that he exists continually day by day. If you look with me at verse 5, it says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. David the psalmist knows that when he's sleeping, he's doing nothing to contribute to his continued breathing. It's all God, the creator and sustainer of his life. David recognizes that he does nothing to contribute to that. But David also knows the truth because of his experiences and history with God. God is the one that helped David defeat the bear, the lion, Goliath, the Philistines. God's the one who helped David become king of all Israel. Rudyard Kipling has this quote that says, Of all the lies in the world, sometimes the worst are our own fears. Sometimes the lies are the worst um, for our own fears. And I think that's right. Our own fears can be the worst lies in the world. Hearing something like, God will not deliver you, I think has this way to worm itself into our fears and anxieties because we're afraid that it might be true. And I think this is why D David needs to speak the truth of who God is to himself. He needs to be reminded that his fears are not justified, that they are lies that they are empty words and have no power compared to the truth of God. David speaks the truth to himself. He doesn't give in to despair or try and fix it himself, but he lets Scripture speak to him. David reminds himself of who God is because of his existence that God alone sustains. And he speaks truth to himself by looking back on his history and how God has helped him in every situation. And this brings us to part three, how we know it better. When we are faced with those mocking us for our trust that God will deliver us, like David the psalmist, we need to turn to God because he is the one that can deliver us from our fear, because he is the one who protects and sustains us. God is the one who reminds us of who he is through his word, the Bible. And a fair question that you might be thinking at this point is, what if God doesn't deliver us when we speak to the truth to ourselves? And how do we even know the truth to begin with? Well, the psalmist knew the truth, but we can know it even better. 
Friends, we know it better because of Jesus, God's own Son, who came to earth to die for us. And he too was mocked and scorned, just like the psalmist was. They said to him, All hail the King of the Jews! That's what the Romans said to him before they crucified him. They said to him, He saved others. Why can't he save himself? That's what they said to him, the chief priests and teachers of the law. Jesus knows what it is like to be mocked out. He knows what it is like for people to tell him, God will not deliver you. And Jesus experiences so that he might empathize with us when we experience it too. But the good news is God delivered Jesus. And through Jesus, God has delivered us. See, Jesus didn't just die on the cross, but he rose again so that we might know that Jesus is the Son of God. They might say to us that God isn't real, that Jesus didn't really die to save us, but their words have no power. Why? Because it can't change whether Jesus died or not. It's not up to their words, what they say. It's not up to what we hear or how we feel. It's all up to Jesus, what he has done. See, Jesus' death and resurrection is our ultimate, ultimate sign. Jesus' death and resurrection is the ultimate truth that God has delivered us from the fears and lies. When I read this psalm, I think it makes us want to praise God because it leads us to find comfort in the God who answers us in his word, the Bible. It makes us want to sing for joy because the God, our Father, sustains our life day and night by his Holy Spirit. And most of all, this psalm reminds us to find comfort in God because he has delivered you and he has delivered me through his son, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Friends, we don't need to be afraid when they say things to us about God because it's all about Jesus. And so we need to look to him and to praise him because it's all about him. What a great comfort that it is, Jesus, and not us. Let us pray. Father, you're good and gracious, and we thank you for your word. We thank you that you remind us in Scripture, the Bible, of who you are and what you have done for us. And most of all, we thank you so much for Jesus, your son, who you sent to die so that we might have life in you. Help us to turn to Jesus and look to him when we're feeling afraid, when we're feeling mocked and scorned at, and feeling like you might not deliver us. Help us know the truth by your spirit. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. We're going to sing now, but if you have any questions, keep sending them in. We'd love to hear them, but let's sing.